me division and community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we try to promote diversity in thought without creating division and community. My name is Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we record this in every episode of the podcast. And I am here with my co-host, my friend, teaching pastor, and dealer dealer with of BS, <laughs> Mr. John Wagler. John, what's yes. going on, man? Um, one of my annoyances. Mm-hmm. It's not about being stay fierce, but I can't. So I I just cut my nails the other day. Do do you have that problem with nails? I, where I bite nails. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad about that. I'm. I feel myself getting more and more maniacal about my nails. <laughs> really? Yeah. Interesting. Is it? A, is it a? Is it a? Um, like a physical sensation thing, or is it more of a like? Does it? it or is it like doing your hair or getting dressed? Like, is it more of a visual thing or is it like a feeling thing? For you? It's a feeling. It's not even visual. Like, though, I mean, like if I'm like, oh. Like sure, you want to look well kept. It's a day day or two past they should be cut, whatever. But it's also like like if I feel like the side of it or something, like I, I don't like it. <laughs> Weird. Like if it's and I don't right. get manicures or anything. Like, I I mean, but I will file my nails and yeah, like yeah. personally. But um, yeah, and I feel myself like more and more like I, I don't even want to go like a day past when I feel like. I just like I would almost like maybe cut them every few days. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. Man, hard hitting. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are here back again to try to continue um, to just give you guys the show that you're asking for. You know, we yeah. kind of took a little bit of a, a break, and then we came back with the emotional health series. Um, now we're done with that. The eight core emotions have been spoken of and and uh, we've been curious about them um and now we are coming back to talk about something topical we try to be selective about topical stuff we used to do it a lot and uh we're thinking about maybe doing it again a little bit more but some of you have asked us about um thoughts around the nashville shootings um where someone entered a private school recently um, and took the life of six people, three nine-year-olds and three adults. Um, And yeah, that's a heavy topic, but I think it is something worth a conversation about. Um, We haven't really, in real life, we haven't, you and I have not really talked about it that much. So this will be a a real curious, you know, perspective thing. Um, So probably uh, because it's a little bit of a heavier topic, we'll we'll skip Stay Furious and some of the other stuff and just kind of get right into the content. Um, So yeah, today we're going to be talking about um, the Nashville school shooting that happened recently. Um, We're going to take a quick break and then come back and just be curious about uh, John and I's perspectives, what we've been reading, and um, just kind of give you guys our thoughts. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Okay, and we are back. So, um, I don't know what number this is, but I know there's been somewhere around like 130 mass shootings this year already, Mm. which is insane. Yeah. It's only, what is today? Today's March 31st. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, and you know, it's also, I saw someone post the other day the amount um, of just like school shootings in Mm. recent memory, and Mm -hmm. it was like, it was a list that I could not believe was real. Yeah. I mean, it was page after page after page. Mm. And and it shows that, like, I don't even know about all the school shootings. 
Well, yeah, you know, I would, you. I feel like to try to keep up with all of them, you would it's really drive yourself insane. I mean, yeah. you know, it's almost like we've reached critical mass to where your options are ignore some of them mm-hmm. or just live in depression, yeah. which is awful. Horrible. Um, and, a, and also like a very anti-biblical way to yeah. live yeah. and view the world. Yeah. So um, it's been a while since we've talked about anything gun related. I think we did a couple, yeah. did we do maybe a couple of episodes yeah, years I looked, ago? Yeah, I think it was 2019 was actually the last time. Okay. I didn't listen to the episode, but I I just yeah. was scrolling through titles and I yeah. I remember seeing one in 2019. I'm, I'm not sure if there was another one. I'm sure like we've dabbled in mm-hmm. talking about it a little bit, but there really wasn't um, another episode where we've talked about it that much. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it really, like to your point about the list of school shootings, there's this tweet that, I don't know, you might remember from way back in 2015 that's always kind of haunted me. And it was a guy named Dan Hodges who is some sort of journalist or something. He's not just like a random tweeter. He was some sort of common commentator. But um, he said, in retrospect, Sandy Hook marked the end of the U.S. gun control debate. Once America decided killing children was bearable, it was over. Mm. That mm. feels very hopeless, yeah. which we don't like to be. Um, and we are going to try to, like, give a hopeful, yeah, you know, round out to this. But, like, boy, that's always stuck with me. Like every time there's another one, I'm just like, was that guy right? Yeah. It's interesting too. I I think even um, it feels like the the questions around this topic are are changing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, and so when Sandy Hook happened, I remember there were like several articles that came out. I mean, I remember even Andy Stanley writing one Mm. um, for like a major publication. I don't remember which one it was, but it was centered around like, how could a God good allow you know, mm-hmm. now it feels like all the questions are, does anyone care about this? Truly. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not even like the, it's, yeah. it's almost like the question of how could a God, good God allow has kind of been answered in like it. He's not just like letting things, yeah. ha- you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's people are like, no, this is like the wickedness and evil. Does yeah. anyone actually care? Right. You know, like it feels like that's the question coming. Yeah. What do you think is like a, you know, one thing that I've sort of noticed with this one is there's the, the classic back and forth of like, it's, it's a hard issue. I heard a a Republican Senator say like, well, this is a hard issue. So we don't, we can't litigate that. Mm -hmm. And then the other side is like, no, this is like a litigation issue. We need better gun control. Yeah. That seems like a really bad dialectic to me. Like whether it's either on the guns or on the person. Yeah. Seems like a dichotomy that's set up to fail. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I agree with a lot of like, yeah, you're right. You can't litigate matters of the heart. Yeah. But um you that doesn't mean you do nothing. Yeah. You know? It feels like when you just when you when you just stay in one of those lanes. Yeah. It's if so if you just stay in the heart lane. I think it. I think both lanes are comfortable because mm-hmm. if you just do litigation, you don't have to deal with the heart. Right. If you just deal heart, you don't yeah. have to deal with the litigation. Yeah. So like, so people can like rest easy mm-hmm. in one of the lanes. Yeah, and I think that's that kind of gets to my whole thing about <clears throat> um, how is this situation? Well, 
let me preface what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be really careful. <laughs> this is something I'm really like. Have Again, a lot this of is the first time about. we've yeah. I mean, to, so this, this is raw. Like, so, yeah. um, so let me let me do a preface. Um, I, when I I think that systems are a living thing. And I know that sounds creepy, but like when Paul talks about like the powers and the principalities mm -hmm. and the power, you know, like the the powers of this present darkness or whatever, I think that once you, what are we learning from AI if not the lesson that like a system can suddenly be scary like a like a person? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think like multiply that. Um, I don't know that this is, I definitely don't think this is any one person's fault. I don't even know that it's a hundred people's fault. Mm -hmm. It's a system. Once a system gets going, yeah. it doesn't care about people. And so to your two lane thing, I believe, or I'm beginning to believe that we live in sort of a totalitarian system. It's not the Democrats fault or the Republicans fault or your fault or my fault or anybody's fault. It's kind of everybody's fault yeah. <laughs> over time, you know, generationally. It's a generational sin yeah. that is very geared toward keeping us in two lanes. Yeah. Because if there's only two lanes to choose from, then the people who are in power now will just bounce the ball back and forth to one another. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's you, you cannot deny there, there, this is not speculation. Um the expenditure of the gun lobby and gun influencers mostly goes to Republicans. There are some Democrats that take it. But sure. like the GOP takes an obscene amount of money from gun rights people. Mm -hmm. um, the NRA is just one of them. There's like a bunch of others. You, you can't deny that. But at the same time, there's an aspect of this that like, well, if the Democrats fixed it, and we didn't have to be afraid anymore, how would they, what would they run on? Right. Like everything is driven by fear. So it's like, you know, yeah. you hear this term, like do nothing Democrats. Like, again, I don't think Joe Biden or or Senator Rubio or, or whoever like gets up in the morning and rubs their sure. hands together and, and, and wah ha ha, here's my plan. Like yeah. this is a system I'm talking about. Yeah, but when you can, when you can just put everyone in one lane or the other, you're describing the reality, right? Because yeah. then it's easy to be like, well, it's Biden in this, or it's Rubio yep. in this, yeah. whatever, right? And, like and we're just passing the chip back and forth between yeah. these two power groups. Yes. That is um, not freedom. Like, that's just not actual freedom. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. I mean, sorry, but like, yeah. you know, we have to keep, like, all of it is set up to bounce the ping pong ball between two paddles, but we're not holding the paddles. We're the net. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this thing is bouncing over. So I don't know. That's just one of my initial thoughts is like, I'm looking at all the money. I'm looking at all the stats. I'm thinking about all the stuff and I'm just starting to wonder if like this conversation um, is based on a flawed premise. Yeah. Does I, that make sense? Am it, I being no, it very really tinfoil does. Hat, no, I, because I, I, I think there, there are practical sides to this conversation, of course. Yeah. Like, and then, um, things that you know, whether it's like common sense laws and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm all for all those mm -hmm. things, but I think what you're describing is, uh, like, one of the notes that I just wrote down. I just said that the root of idolatry is self-defining entitlement to mm -hmm. do whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. and and I'm like, 
And so I also wrote down, we see this in the sexuality conversation. We see this in the guns conversation. We see in the greed and money and power conversation. We like any kind of cultural thing that we're seeing. It's like this root of idolatry and the self-defining entitlement has been a cornerstone element of American culture. And so when you constantly just pump that and pump it and pump it in every possible scenario, in the beginning, so if you go back 80 years, mm-hmm. I know it's not the beginning, but if you just go back 80 years, it's like, yeah, some of this stuff wasn't as bad, mm-hmm. right? Like you and I, you know, I know I'm a little older, but the guns piece was not a huge discussion growing up. Like I knew plenty of people who had guns and they were responsible gun owners and yeah. there were no school shootings and there were no, like that stuff wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Like it was not, but I don't know the percentages or whatever, but I knew plenty of people had more than one gun and, and I knew shoot, I'm old enough that I knew guys that had gun racks in their (laughs) their pickups, you know? And so, uh, but none of that ever mattered. That wasn't like a a thing. And so so even that piece, um, like, sure, do I wish there were no guns? Yes, like I do. Uh, But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know that the actual gun itself is the problem. You know, when I lived a large portion of my childhood and life around people who had guns and it wasn't like this. Yeah. Well, so a couple of things. Not all guns are the same, right? So we are seeing yes. and a, I know that, yeah. yeah, we're seeing a pattern form here. The the shooter in Nashville, I wrote it down because I wanted to be real about it. Um, they had three guns. They had purchased seven guns legally. So seven firearms legally still lived with mom and dad. Mom and dad had taken away their gun and sold it because of mental health issues. Right. Had purchased seven guns legally. The three that they took into the school were a nine millimeter Keltec sub 2000 pistol caliber carbine, which is basically like a semi-automatic handgun with like a long barrel and a shoulder, um, shoulder harness. Um, I'm sorry, a butt, like a butt against your shoulder, uh, an AR 15, Sure. Which yeah. AR-15. <laughs> and a 9mm Smith & Wesson M&P Shield Easy 2.0 handgun, um, which is not unlike the handgun that I used to own. And I think I've said that before, but mm-hmm. I owned a Ruger 9mm semi-automatic gun. And I didn't own it to hunt deer with. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. I didn't. Uh, it never felt like something that was a fun toy for me to hold in my hand. Personal. But that's what it is. And so, yeah, I think to your point, it's this mixture of like the do whatever you want ism of like, yeah, why shouldn't you own an AR-15 if you don't want to? Yeah. Like, don't let the government tell you what to do. But also back to my point of the sort of like social control that's being exercised here at a high level. Again, I want to say not by the Illuminati or not by Joe Biden or not by some reptile person who runs the government by, by what the Bible says is like the evil of a system. Correct. Like when a hundred people get together, maybe with good intentions, but it goes bad because it becomes about power and control. Yeah. Um, and everyone is running to everyone else's office going, hey, did you sign off on this? Oh, no, go over to this department. Oh, did you? No, no, no. And then suddenly, like, a whole village of people in Vietnam get murdered because right. every all the different people thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, which is a reference to a, a book that we talk about sometimes called People of the Lie. Um, it's a mixture of the two. It reminds me of um, – uh, there's a 
Zodo Sen master Buddhist guy um, named Shinryu Suzuki, and he says the best way to control a sheep is to give it a wide pen. So I think to your point, the way that social control, I think, in this country is managed by not the people, but the power that that is, mm-hmm. is through this sort of like manufactured nihilism or narcissism. Yeah. Manufactured like your whole thing is the only thing that matters. Like your personal rights, your personal liberty, your personal identity, your land, your thing yeah. is all that matters. Yeah. But really that's just a... Uh, it's the illusion of freedom to reduce actual freedom. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think too, again, even like biblically, like biblical model of like what is evil and everything is it manifests itself in the world of flesh and the devil. Right. And when if you are willing to take a step back in this conversation right now and just see mm-hmm. what's being revealed, mm-hmm. you see the world of flesh and the devil. Totally. And you see it in so many different fashions and you see it revealed in headlines of certain kinds of articles. You know, you see the insanity of people's responses. You see the wide range from people saying that somehow the shooter is a victim mm-hmm. to uh, a congressman, Republican congressman being like, you know, literally almost shrugging it off. Yeah. Like, as there's like, nothing, nothing we can, we can really do. do. Like this is just a part of life. Yeah. It's like you see this wide spectrum on more liberal and more conservative like angles that you're like, all we're witnessing in front of us, if we be willing to see it mm-hmm. is the world, the flesh and the devil, yeah. like right in front of our eyes. And in the end result is the most, um, what should be the most precious things that we're protecting in our children are like nothing kills them more than guns in our country. Yeah. And like you have teachers having supplies in their, in their classrooms of like tourniquets and, and different things that can be like, just in case something happens, you have schools, uh, even this school, like did all of the, uh, the security cameras, the double doors, the big entryway, the locked doors, Mm -hmm. like all those things, like all in place. And that didn't stop it. And then, to have a response of like, well, we just got to arm the teachers. I'm like, like, all we're seeing in front of us is like, no, the end result of the devil, <laughs> the flesh in the world is, is what we're seeing. And so until we take a step back and be like, well, I don't want to hop in a lane here because whatever lane is being presented before me is actually just evil. Yeah. And I don't want to be in that lane. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely it. I, I the, the simple look sometimes things are comp- most things are complicated but that the simple line of like if more guns were the answer we would be the safest country in the world sure sometimes simplicity is like that's what wisdom is right like proverbs are just quick yeah quick little pieces of wisdom um and to your point the fact that we are continuously at each other about it we're never going to figure it out no, I, to that to that Republican senators thing, like, yeah, I don't. He's think technically we, right because yeah, because no, in the business that yeah. he's in of keeping us at each other, Correct. he's right. He's right in yeah, that yeah. world, in the world we currently live in. We're never going to figure it out yes. in a world where yeah, in some ways, Sandy Hook marked the end of the U.S. gun control debate. Until there's a major shift, yeah, yeah, it's done. That's yeah, a done deal. and in the more progressive lines that they're drawing right now, yeah. like in articles, I'm like they're doing the same thing just in a different way of like, they're keeping us in the same place, you know? And even that is an illusion. When you talk, 
you're talking about pundits and media and headlines. When you talk about people, people, the the I would I would go so far as to say no one or very few people in our little community are as well acquainted or currently traveling in as far left progressive circles as I do in my band mm-hmm. in like punk rock. The I mean I literally my backpack is full of like these I I'm obsessed with like self-published weirdness <laughs> and so like there was somebody handing out these little zines the other day and i was just picking all of them up i was like i just want to know all of these weird ideas and um it, so uh, with a little bit of authority or at least some experience i can say that is like the headlines that you were seeing from like the progressive whatever the most pro-gun people i've ever met in my life are ultra progressive Sometimes transgender, sometimes LGBTQ, sometimes straight, sometimes white, sometimes of color, but ultra progressive, ultra left people. Don't you can't take my guns from me because then how am I going to defend myself against white supremacists, the government, the GOP, whatever? I literally got we we have a song about called gun control that's mm-hmm. just about like hammering swords into plowshares. And I literally got called out by one of the other bands that we were playing with that night that who was who was a um, gender fluid person, you know, an anarchist of like, no, you can't you can't say that like you you shouldn't say that. Yeah. They said you can say whatever you want to their credit. But like you shouldn't say that. I don't agree. Like I need my guns to defend myself against. Yeah. You know, far right Christian nationalists, white supremacists, all of this other stuff. So it's like even this concept that it's a progressive conservative thing, it's really not. It's an no, extremist, it's super, yeah. non-extremist thing. I know plenty of people who vote a Democrat that own guns. You know, like yeah. it's like a so it the messaging that we're receiving again, it's just the freaking world, the devil and the flesh. Like yeah. like manifesting itself over and over and over again. And the sooner we can remove ourselves from it, the yeah. better. You know, um, yeah, I, a couple of things I wrote down here. One was like, um, just I, came, I was like trying to just write down a few things that I said, all right, if I'm trying to, as best I can, approach this from a Christian mindset, what are some things that would be like helpful, yeah. you know? And, you know, from a practical standpoint, like gun ownership is not a, is not a Christian value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Full stop. So, so I don't know how else to say that, but like it's not in scripture and there's way more in scripture to prove you should be very nonviolent than to somehow justify, you know, you know, violence towards something. However, like someone owning a gun does not mean they're somehow evil or like I have family members that own guns that are very responsible and trustworthy and love Jesus. Okay. So it's not, uh, that's not the the thing, but the, the right to bear arms is not a Christian value. It is not a God-given right. Nope. It is an American right. It's an American ideal. Uh, ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and again, and we'll talk a lot about this in the fall. Yeah. But um, uh, you might as well just get on board with the reality that America is Babylon in the Bible. Yeah. You, you literally can't escape it. So, it again, that whenever I say something like that, people are like, oh, like the, you, you can get so mm-hmm. uh, like offended by it. But I'm just like, in in the entirety of scripture, it's just like the empires are Babylon and that's what it is. And, um, you just got to get on board with that as a believer. Yeah. Really quick. Like if you have a sustained military presence in multiple other countries, 
you are an empire. Yeah. And that's like uh, good or bad. I'm not I'm not even that's a non-judgmental thing. Like if you yeah. have a sustained military presence in countries that are not your country, you are by definition some kind of empire. Yeah, and you're Babylon in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. so you can't get around it and and it and people are like, "Well, America's done this or America's done this really good thing." Or I'm like, "Sure. Like Rome did some really good things. Pilate, I'm going over the Good Friday thing right now. Pilate was begging to let Jesus go. He literally just needed anything. <laughs> like no one would give him anything. Yeah. If Jesus had spoken up for himself in the weakest fashion, uh, Pilate would have been like, all right, you're good. Like yeah. Rome, Rome is just Rome. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, that's like a part of this for like Christians. And I'm like, we've got to just own that piece of it. Like we've got to stop associating America with Israel. That's not what it is. You know, it's, and we just got to just admit that America is Babylon from the Bible. And that if we can just admit that, we can appreciate the good mm-hmm. that America has done. And some of the values that have been really good for people, um, while also being very aware that it's Babylon. And with that comes all the things that God detests and how it oppresses people or hurts people mm-hmm. or whatever. And so you can be honest about that. And mm-hmm. so even when it comes to this conversation about guns, it's like, it's not a God-given right. Yeah. So literally, I, I don't even know if I should say, again, this is raw, but if if someone's saying God and guns, you shouldn't vote for them. I mean, I'm be- with it. Because, oh, I know you like that. But like, <laughs> here's why. Because what they're going to do, they're, they're putting guns with God and um, those two things do not go together. Yeah. And um, what they'll do then is essentially, you know, that right in front of you, what they're trying to do is manipulate. Mm-hmm. And to manipulate anything with God, and Jesus talks about this too, it, it is evil. Yeah. Antichrist. Yes. And and then, I mean, even you know, in the Old Testament, it's like that's taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. And so, so I mean, like even on that on the front end, like you know, even the one representative down in Nashville, like taking pictures with his young kids with AR-15s, and I'm like. I'm like that enough as a Christian, you should be like, I will never vote for a person. Honestly, like that. even as a gun owner, I feel like it's like every exa- good gun owner I, yes. I know has a deep respect for their firearm and totally. don't treat it like a toy. Yes, like they're like I know plenty again, I'm not like trying to get to like take your guns. I'm like, I know plenty of like responsible people with guns that like would want to vomit at that. Yeah. And they're and they're conservative people, but yeah. they're just like but I'm like, you know, we, we should be eliminating that stuff, because like that's not. There's nothing Christ-like about it. There's nothing that points us more towards the realities of Jesus. And I was like, I'm like, man, just don't vote for anyone that puts guns and God in the same sentence. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, if that's controversial, we'd love, honestly, love to hear from you. Like, don't leave a one-star review and like email <laughs> stay curious at hillcityrva.com. We can have a conversation. Yeah, because we're not saying that like, you know, the hell with conservative thought or the hell, you know, like it's like oh. no, like again, I know plenty of very yeah. responsible gun owners who I trust with their guns. Yeah. So it's not about that. And also if we talk about conservatism of like keeping or maintaining traditions, you know, to conserve, right? Like that something was right and that we need to either go back there or preserve it. This idea of being able to own whatever gun you want is not is a progressive idea. Sure. It's like neoliberalism. It's like oh, if you, totally. conser- yeah, yeah. truly conservative thought would be like, yeah, hunt like here are the guns you can own, not just like any military grade weapon. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, to the point of, so we can keep going down this hole um, forever and ever. I think what people are curious about is 
so what now? Like, what do we do? Right. Like you can yeah. even like the world, the flesh and the devil to some people that makes a lot of sense to some people that seems ethereal and over spiritualized or whatever. So like, how do we bring this down to brass tacks? Like you just did it at risk to yourself of just like God and guns is not the thing. If, if somebody comes at you with that, they are suspect. Yeah. What are some other sort of practical, I have some ideas, but I want to hear what are some other sort of practical ways that you try to conduct yourself or that you would counsel someone who asked you. So the other thing is, is like we are talking in a way that we assume if you download this podcast, you have asked what we sure. think. If So that to us, that's the social contract of the podcast. If you don't feel that way, that's okay. Like write to us. Like I, we really don't want, we don't have that many, we don't have like 10,000 listeners, like, yeah. you know. Um, so what would you say are more like rubber meets the road areas of like, here's how to negotiate this maybe even using this specific most recent shooting as, yeah. as a way to do that. So I think there, uh, I'll just speak more from just like flat out spiritual, you know, sure. um, side of things. I, I think one is learning to train ourselves to be able to see what is the world, the flesh and the devil, meaning systematic elements of the demonic <laughs> spiritual yeah. end. Yeah. It's important to begin to like train ourselves on what that looks like through prayer awareness um through seeing how um if if what we see scripturally is that the devil and demonic are pushing away from truth and leading into darkness and it's like okay i want to be aware of like do the things i watch or mm -hmm. listen to or read does it push me into light or darkness right mm -hmm. or uh you know the reality of the flesh um the flesh in scripture um and this is oversimplifying but when it comes into idolatry and stuff it's like hedonistic in nature and doing whatever I want to do. It's like, all right, the things that I'm taking in and reading and is this about like self-fulfillment and like being able to do whatever that, like, you know, I've, I've said this for a while, but like, you know, part of the sexuality conversation as an example is like, man, it's fly, it's flown off the rails with like just being able to do whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, even deciphering like what is good about a conversation versus what is like, oh, this is actually more about just doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, and, and you can like your body will body keeps the score, right? Yeah. If you I, I recently heard somebody say uh, someone who's older, they were speaking out of their lived experience and they were like, you know, one thing I've learned in my 60 some odd years of life is that if saying something or typing something gives you an adrenaline rush, you should definitely put whatever that is on trial. Yeah. Then, like, which is really good. That's yeah, a really like good, if, yeah. if whatever. And I, I've known, I have experienced that like being on stage, like there, the times when I've looked back and been like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that in between songs. I was caught up in the moment and I was like, and then, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. like, yeah, we've all done it yeah. at some point, but always like be suspicious about any, any phrase or thing that you say or post that gives you this like rush of adrenaline. Yeah. I think, you know, even the world part, the world's always going to push the line, right? Yeah. Like that's what the world does and culture does. And so being aware, I think um, a few things I wrote down is um, really pay attention to whether or not you're becoming numb. Mm. And um, and you can tell if you are or not. You know, you can tell in your spirit yeah. if you're becoming numb to things. And, uh, you know, God is grieved by what he is, uh, is transpiring. Mm -hmm. And so then we should be grieving too. Yeah. So if like when something like this happens and you don't have a sense of grief, that should really call in the question how in tune you are with God, Yeah. like around something like this. Um, I would add on to that. It's okay to say I can't write this second. 
Sure. Because there's just so much. It's okay to, to tune off. Good point. Tune yeah. out, you know, shut yes. off, get off the doom scroll um, and just say, I, I can't write this second, but I do want to find time to grieve this or yeah. to be sad about this thing that I heard. Or to that point, which is a really good point. If something like feels far away, mm-hmm. it's sometimes hard to grieve. Yeah. You know, um, but I think when you think about love of neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, there should be something inside that like it just like hits us internally in some capacity. I'm not saying, you know, oh my gosh, if you weren't weeping over what happened, then you're not connected to God. Yeah. I'm just saying, is there something internally you're just like, man, this thing is like so broken. Yeah. You know, and like having that mm-hmm. at least at a minimum. That's good. Um Stop saying that this was in God's will. Don't yeah. do that. Nope. Like as a as a part of this, like that's not good theology. Um, I, here's one thing: uh, our perspective on what is going on right now should be shaped by what is coming. Mm-hmm. A, as believers, right? Like, I think the fact that we're heading into Easter with the reality of the cross and the resurrection, which is our hope, it's like we should be seeing things in light of this. So you mentioned how in your band, you know, um, the to beat the swords and the plowshares mm-hmm. from Isaiah two, um, that the reality of that verse or that passage doesn't come from like a present reality. Mm-hmm. It comes from a future hope, right? Yeah. And so we live through a future hope. And so I think beginning to understand that some of these cultural conversations that we have, we have to, yes, there is a present reality, but our present reality should be shaped by our future hope. Mm. Our present um, awareness should be shaped by our future hope. Our present like opinions should be, you know, impacted by our future hope. And I don't think we take a step back around, you know, like guns and politics, all the things we talk about, you know, and be like, Whoa, am I, am I processing this through a future hope Mm. or just my present reality that, you know, answers a certain question because that changes the whole conversation. Yeah, when Jesus taught the guys to pray, he taught them to pray, you know, may have may your kingdom come to earth, right? Like we're we're yeah. supposed to look into this future reality when all war will cease. Um but not leave it in the future and try to draw it here now. Like try yeah. to try to partner with God in building the kingdom now. And so I think letting stuff like swords into plowshares or he will clip every bow and bend every spear or whatever. Yeah. Acknowledging that like, no, that doesn't mean that right now humans are ready to gr- drop all their weapons. Yeah. Clearly that's not true. Yeah. But how do I look for little mustard seed ways to bring that reality here today? Maybe it is getting rid of a few of my guns or, mm-hmm. um, selling some and buying some more responsible maybe it's i don't know i don't know what it looks like having a conversation with your kids yeah. having i don't know there, little there ways. Are, but there are a lot of little ways right yeah, and that are. becomes you know i think you know we've talked about this a lot like you see this big problem we yeah. think like that feels like so much yeah. but i think those things get chipped away through the little ways we begin to engage yeah you know yeah i think a thought that i'm having is um as we look to combat or stand in opposition in like sort of kingdom opposition to the world, the flesh and the devil, as you've put it, we have to realize like, what do those things look like today? Right? Like the Bible did not exist in a time of 24 hour news cycle of, of Mm. firearms, gunpowder at all. Right. Um, the internet, all of these other things. I, something that's coming to me is like, 
practically with wisdom, having discernment on like, what are the tools being used by those three elements and how not, not how can I defeat them? Because like, I don't know that more war energy is what we need. <laughs> um, but rather like, how can I sort of blunt those tools or defeat? I mean, you know, Paul talks about the armor of the, um, he, the he uses armor, yeah, yeah, the armor of God, like sword yeah. of spirit, um, or no, the word is the sword yeah. and then the shield of, um, and so how do I like defend myself at least against these things? I think, in the modern context, for me, a big one is asking the question, where is the lie here? And when I say lie, I don't mean a fiction made up. I mean, where is a good thing here turned against itself? Rich Viotis, like uses this really cool Latin word for this, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. It's like inversario or something like mm -hmm. that, where it's like sin is actually good turned in on itself. It's like Eve's good, good, um, desire to like be closer to God and be more like God turned in on itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, to, to become sin. Um, and so a great example, which you sort of mentioned, but I think one of the things that when you're watching the news, first off, recognizing that the news is not good, not, I don't want to say a tool of the devil because freedom of press is a way that we <laughs> um but there's a lot of tension there there's a lot of tension there it's a it we we live in a time of a 24-hour news cycle that is profit driven and when something is profit driven i'm not going to get on my socialist high horse but like when just fact when something is profit driven a system is profit driven it wants more profit yes not Rupert Murdoch or Elon Musk or like I'm not singling out any person or any sort of dark cabal of men or women. It's a system and the system wants to sustain itself in the same way that an animal wants to keep itself alive. So a profit-driven media system is going to do what it needs to do to grow. That's yeah. just what it is. Well, Lacey and I were talking about this last night to that point yeah. was anything that gets commodified will inherently turn selfish. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So so just recognizing yeah. that like the media may be necessary, but that it's like it's like a lion, like a pet lion. If you don't have fear and respect for that thing and and if you're not um weary of that thing, it will eat you. <laughs> like that's what it sure. is. You have to be weary of it, right? Um and asking yourself like what are what is the ways that this is informing me but what is the ways that this is getting me sucked in that this is like polarizing me that this is trying to keep me engaged um because a lot of the times it's good stuff turned in on itself like to the point of this shooting specifically we will probably look back on the nashville one as when the gender conversation intersected with a gun conversation mm -hmm. because the shooter was a biological female but identified as a male um use he he him pronouns or maybe he them pronouns and so that's already started um and so there's this debate going on when i say debate going on i mean in the like media sphere sure. a debate of well these lgbtq people are are saying we need to have compassion for the shooter because they were harmed by the teaching traditional christian teachings of the school and and then the christian right are like moving to make this to get this filed as a hate crime and all this other stuff ask yourself what are the actual people around me talking about and how does maybe that narrative serve to keep me in the ping pong match 
back and forth. Mm -hmm. Because we should, wise, spiritual, mature people have compassion for their enemies. Like there are no number of people of color who right after their church gets shot up, meet and pray for the shooter. Mm -hmm. That really, we've, that really we've does seen happen. It happen. We've seen it happen. Yeah. Like there are wise, mature people that after a harm is done to them for no damn reason, their first question is that what did, who did what to that poor boy? Mm -hmm. How did that young man become so angry, Yeah, cra you know, crazed, whatever? Um, and so it, it, that's good. It is good for us to say, like, what happened to this person to make them do this? But the media is always going to take that and commodify it. And, yeah. like, to keep you engaged is going to make it about either or. Is this either a hate crime toward Christians or is it the natural rage reaction of an oppressed LGBTQ person? It's all of those things. <laughs> like, it's not it's, that it's, simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's like, I guess that's a good example for me of like, what is a good thing turned in on itself? It's good to have compassion for people who do evil because that keeps you from becoming evil. It's not good to take that good thing and make it into a headline so that everybody pairs off. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, again, we're in this Easter season. Yeah. Jesus from the cross says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah. Utter evil happening to Jesus in that moment. Well, that doesn't justify or let people off the hook or anything mm -hmm. or, you know, but what it does do is like trying to get a bigger understanding of the wickedness and the evil that's transpiring and to begin to engage things that actually matter, mm -hmm. not just to your point, what the news determines per profit, mm -hmm. what matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so asking like, where is this a good thing turned in on itself and how is this? how is this narrative being developed as a means of like just keeping the system going, whether that system is the media or the, the political party or the lobby or whatever, asking yourself these questions, being curious about these questions, I think is a practical, you know, practical way to, to sort of blunt the weapons of the enemy at, at this moment. Yeah. Um, and you know, real, I kind of said earlier, like, asking ourselves, are we trading in a cheap, real freedom for a cheap freedom? In all things, like, asking yourself, is this really freedom? Because I think th those who are free are free indeed, right? Like, mm -hmm. Christ is the ultimate freedom. But what does that really mean? Like, we can say that as pastors, and it sounds nice. But, like, what does that really mean? Like, is information freedom? Yeah, in some ways. Information is power and can give you some freedom is money freedom in some ways does the bible also say that money is the ultimate cage yeah um is wisdom also admitting that you don't know what you don't know sure you know like a stemming of information yes <laughs> um so like i think for me i often ask myself is this is the way i'm engaging this and what i'm doing um it, real freedom is real freedom being able to own a machine gun or is real freedom being able to say, I don't need a machine gun? I don't, I, and I don't know. I know that sounds like a leading question. Yeah. I don't know. I just know what I think. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, yes. It just, the conversation is more complicated, again, than right. the two lanes. And I think it's important. We're just trying to give like some context that can be helpful. Yeah. We're just trying to, we're thinking through it live and hoping that somebody feels seen heard um 
we're not so alone and feeling confused and sad about all of this. Um, any other thoughts? No. Okay. okay. Well, thanks everyone for being here. Um, if you have questions, quips, comments, or quotes, you can email them to stay curious at hillcityrva.com. Um, you can rate and review us and share the episode to get other people in on the conversation. And until next time, remember to stay curious. curious.